The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Lincoln, Nebraska, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. This is no-holds-barred radio, folks. They say sex, drugs, rock and roll, current events, President Trump, entertainment, UFC. It's all on the table, and we're going to talk about it today. I'm here with my co-host. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. TJ DeSantis and our special guest, who is a regular on the show, Gary Randall, the owner and CEO of SocialUnderground.com, our true source for true news and wacky news and wild news and all kinds of news. So we want to talk about a few stories uh, that I read about on socialunderground.com. Why not bring on the man himself to talk about it? TJ, how are you? Gary, how are you? Hey, Bruce. How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Um, before we start on the news and everything else, I want to touch real quickly on the fact that there is a UFC in Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend on Saturday. You can watch it on Fox Sports 2 and Fox Sports 1. But you will not be watching me as yours truly. I will not be in Lincoln, Nebraska as much as I want it to be. Um, this is one of the events that I will not be doing this year. And I wish all the fighters on the card the best. The main event between James Vick, uh, Vick and Gustin Gaethje. That should be a little brawl for it all. I think Michael Johnson rather, and Andre Feely is an excellent fight. And Courtney Casey and Angela Hill, who always comes to fight. That's going to be really excellent, too. There's actually a lot of good fights on this card as I look at it, TJ. Oh, yeah. Uh, former Invicta FC champion Angela Hill in action as yeah. well. So uh, I'll be tuned in for sure on uh, on Saturday. Gaethje's always fun to watch. That guy's like one of my favorite fighters. He's like the Arturo Gotti of MMA. Yeah, he, you know, what? something I noticed about him, he, he feels to me like the old Forrest Griffin sort of felt. Like he can't really start fighting until he gets hit in the face. And I don't know. It's true. You know, it's, it's true. Just, no, it's true. He, he gets woken up a little bit, I think. But is that, you know, that I see? it's always people say, boy, he can take a punch. Boy, he can take a beating. It's a backhanded you know? compliment. It's a backhanded compliment, but, you know, Gaethje is also just as capable of winning as he is of taking those punches, which he does when he wins. So we'll see. He's a crowd pleaser. The crowd likes him, and uh, it's going to be excellent. Nice to see Jake Ellenberger back in the octagon against Brian Barberino. In his hometown. Uh, in his hometown, yeah. And, you know, talk about a guy who is, I don't want to say long in the tooth as far as fighting, but but uh, Jake Ellenberger has been fighting a long time. I remember. When did he, when did he debut? Oh, God. Uh, early 2000s, probably. I mean, I saw him fight in a bar in Minnesota when I was 22 years old, 21 years old. So we're talking like 2004. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's a guy, Bruce, if you remember, we had him on the show maybe a year and a half ago and we were talking about how maybe it was the last time we were going to speak with him and, you know, as an active fighter that is. And, uh, you know, he was, he was kind of on the fence about retiring and not retiring and, uh, still going. Yeah, it's still going. And then down on the first prelim on the FS2 card, Mickey Gall is actually fighting on that. He's fighting George Sullivan. So he's still in there make, trying to make a name for himself, which he did start out as a name. Do um, you think Mickey Gall is improving in his fights, TJ? I mean, the fact that he's still in the UFC is a sign that yes, uh, you know, they, they believe that he hasn't reached his full potential yet. I mean, he, he was kind of set up he in has. a no-win situation, right? Like, 
he goes out there, he beats CM Punk, and you know then people expect him to just go on and and do these huge great things. But again, they found him on Dana White's looking for a fight, and uh, they they really didn't even expect him to sign. He just did the right thing at the right time and got an opportunity. And you know it's hard to to continue to progress and rise when you're put in the UFC so quickly. So he kind of got rushed, but I, I think he, he would have ended up in the UFC eventually. Um, but, you know, because he ended up there so quickly, we're starting to see him just have to progress and, and sort of learn on the job, if you will. I agree. I agree. So I mean, he's a future champion, guys. You wow. really think he's a really? Wow. That's Absolutely. a big. I'm not, I'll tell I, you why. Because he's got the recipe. That. He's got the recipe because, number one, the guy keeps his composure when he fights. <laughs> You know, he 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 blasted. He did what he was supposed to do with CM Punk, but <clears throat> excuse me, he he absolutely owned Sage Northcutt. He did. Okay, he he completely owned him. Sage is being pushed pretty hard still by the UFC, and he's in, in, is even going to go up a weight class from what I hear. Gall, what he lost his next fight, and I believe he lost it on the ground. He was not uh, knocked out, or there was you know maybe cut a little bit, but not a lot of damage. Dude, he's a scientific fighter. Gall is one of those guys that if you beat him, he's going to come back and learn from those mistakes, and he's going to make the adjustments that are needed. You watch. The, if, if, if he can go injury-free, for if he can win this fight and go through 2019 injury-free, Gall is going to be a contender for the title by 2020. Wow. All right, I'm not— Those are strong I'm not words. Yeah, they're strong words. I'm not contesting being a contender, and I'm certainly not contesting becoming a champion because I wish every fighter that a chance to reach that pinnacle in their career. But one thing I know about Mickey, he's got a great attitude. I like his attitude as a person. He's got a great attitude towards his work, which is fighting. Um, I have to see a little more before I can make a statement like that, Gary, out of Mickey Gall. I'm not saying he'll never be a contender, but he does have, like you said, the abilities to be such, but it's all going to be the proof in the pudding. I need to see a few more fights. But I hope I hope that's the case. I hope everybody I see on a card can you know fights for the championship one day because I just like to support everybody. Hey Bruce, before we get in the meat and potatoes of this broadcast, we should probably let everyone know who's getting that backyard barbecue in, or uh, you know just socializing with friends outside and having a couple brews before uh, summer turns to fall. That they need to always think ahead and make sure that they have a safe way home so they don't end up doing something silly like driving drunk. Absolutely, they do. You know, everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. I mean, think about it. You get in a crash, people get hurt or killed. Just take a moment and let's look at some surprising statistics. And here they are. It's real simple to understand. Almost 29 people in the United States die every single day, TJ. And that's from alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. When you think about it, that's one person every 50 minutes. And even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in, in the last 30 years, the drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. And one thing I'll say too, Bruce, like even if you only have a couple of drinks and you think you're okay, that doesn't mean you shouldn't find a way home with a sober friend or, you know, call a taxi. Do whatever you need to do because if you're a little bit buzzed and think you're fine, uh, you can't trust yourself in those situations. No, you can. And, and drunk driving can have a huge impact on your wallet too. You can get arrested. The legal expenses are huge. And of course, one of the worst things that can happen is you can even lose your job, much less the the danger to somebody else that you were involved in an accident with. We all know the consequences of driving drunk. Okay. One thing's for sure. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. You know, drive sober or simply get pulled over. All right. With that being said, um, again, I will not be in Lincoln, Nebraska. Everybody have a great time. Enjoy it. I will be back in Dallas on uh, the beginning of September and, of course, over to Moscow. Here's an interesting thing, guys. Body Armor is the sports drink sponsor of the UFC. You know, it's not a case of the rich getting richer. It's a case of the smart getting richer. Kobe Bryant originally invested $6 million in the Body Armor company. That $6 million investment that he made back in 2014 for 10% of the company. Wow. Um, Coca-Cola acquired a minority share in it, and now— uh, Coca-Cola, after acquiring a minority share on Tuesday, the Black Mamba shares, meaning Kobe Bryant, are now worth an estimated $200 million. Not bad. Sell. Not bad. Sell. Sell. <laughs> Time to sell. I like your advice, TJ. I mean, hey, you on- know, uh, they may still even rise, but that, that's a good ROI right there. Go. Well, if Kobe Bryant's in any way responsible for the six cases of drinks I just received very politely and nicely free from body armor. Nice. I hope uh, I hope that, you know, his leaving the company or 
storytelling doesn't interrupt that flow, if you know what I'm saying. Well, I, I mean, like anytime they want to be the official uh, drink of It's Time Radio, you know, get at us. I will be talking. I'm talking to him now. I'll talk to him, see what the story is. But anyway, that's pretty cool. I love seeing people make money, even if they already have more money than they know what to do with. Where's and our that's- It's Time drink? I want the It's Time cola. I want It's Time cola. I, it's I, time. I, I think it's time for a cola. Let's go. It's time for It's Time cola. <laughs> it's time. Again, I'll tell you guys, $1,000 to a donut, which you will get the $1,000 from me. If in two minutes you can say anything in a sentence, I cannot put It's Time in front or behind of. So I won't bore the audience with two minutes of dead time because you won't come up with anything. I'll beat you every time. But that is a standing, standing challenge you and TJ have, Gary. Standing challenge. That so you, to come up with any phrase that you cannot put its time in front or behind of? A product. Give me a, give me a product in a sentence or a product name that I can't put its time in front or behind of and make work. Doesn't matter. Very interesting. That's, any, a, that's a good challenge. I, I, I want to take it right now, but uh, I, I can't. You got I, two, I was going to say antibiotics, but it's time to take antibiotics. So exactly. Can't, it doesn't work. All right, here we go. Here, just for a <laughs> okay, sake. Okay, I got of this it. Time I got for, it. I know you can't oh, do it. Hold on. Hold on. I'm putting on the start button. Go. Assisted suicide. It's time to assist in suicide. That's way too happy. Doesn't work. Oh, he did it. No, it, he no, did it. no. It doesn't it, matter if it's it, happy or whatever. It, the subject is, well, it's time to go in front or behind. That's all. It's not about happy. Not about sad. Uh, it doesn't work, Buff. I mean, yes, you can say it's time for anything, but, you know, assisted suicide, if it were to be a legal practice, it needs to be, you know, serious and have a, a tone to it. Okay, so let me let me fix it up. Assisted suicide? <laughs> it's time! <laughs> we really don't need to keep this right. part in, right. in the show. Oh, uh, but we are. <laughs> we, 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 don't, we don't edit any edit anything out on it's time it's time to be honest and real you have one minute and seven seconds during one thousand i give up i I give up i give up you win all right thank you very much okay listen gary socialunderground.com i don't just say this because i'm a minor investor in socialunderground.com because i think it's just a great website and i know how great work you do because you're incredible at what you do but it does have really really cool stories and i don't see these stories on cnn except maybe a certain percentage of them, a couple that we'll talk about today. But, you know, here's one I came along. I didn't even see this. I saw this this morning, and I love this. For the first time ever, a woman is leading a Marine infantry platoon. 24-year-old Marina Hero, right, is the first woman to pass the Marine Corps' infantry officer course. It's a 13-week program. It's grueling physically. It's grueling mentally. And she broke the mold. Just like Ronda Rousey in the WWE, we're going to talk about it right after the story. Here's an example of women taking the forefront, which I completely support, and I love seeing this. A lot of people question how women would do in combat. Obviously, she's proven herself in the training, and if the fine Marines that uh, watch over her, that judge her and promote her, give her this. Up, oh, time's two up. Two minutes up. Damn. Time's up. Time's up. Okay, $1,000 still in my pocket. It was right here. Crisp $100 bills waiting for you. All right, guys, I want to just give kudos to this young woman. I think it's great. In 242 years of the Marine Corps' existence, (laughs) women have only been permitted into combat roles for the last five years. So now it's gotten to the point where she's a leader. I hope the men under her and the women under her respect her, and she's safe and does a great job. Just uh, definitely a story that has to be talked about. Well, keep in mind, her job is to keep her platoon safe. That's right. Yeah. This is She's the one making the decision. She's going to be the one that's, the leader, you know, the, the Marines and, and the, the military as a whole has been the, the most progressive in uh, the last half decade uh, than, than they were a hundred years prior. But th- this is a real break the mold move. Uh, this is where, you know, these guys going into combat, going into uh, really serious situations, uh, she's going to be their leader. She's going to be the one that's uh, uh, giving them their commands, and she's going to have their lives in her hands. And this is the first time in history that this has happened. So uh, it really is a big deal. It's, it's a huge deal, a huge deal. Another huge deal that's happening now, too, and I, I question this, okay? Here, before I go into this story, actually, before I go into the story, let me talk about the other woman I wanted to talk about. Ronda Rousey has broken the mold in areas of sports such as the Olympics, you know, winning her bronze medal. She broke the mold in UFC and MMA and 
in strike force and MMA, breaking the mold for women's MMA, bringing it to the forefront, creating the whole avenues for women to fight, for females to fight in the cage, in the octagon, in the other MMA events that are around. And now she's stepped over, broken another mold where she's reached her goal, a dream, passionate dream she's had since child. And now she's done it. She's a WWE champion. Now, That's right. After Gary, four fights. After four fights, after four events. Now, of course, as TJ might interrupt or I might say too, can you really call – I don't want to take away from what she did, okay? We all know it's sports entertainment. But – it does take a lot of work. They get hurt tremendously. It's it's a definite timing game. Do you call this fights? Do you call these fights? You call them fights. I don't call them fights. You call them fights. What do you call them, TJ? Uh, I mean, they're professional wrestling matches. Okay. Uh, so I mean, you don't win a professional wrestling match. You perform, and the booking committee decides whether or not you're going over. And uh, am I surprised that Ronda Rousey has gone over so quickly into this championship role? Of course not. You need to strike yeah. when the iron is hot. And Absolutely. Uh, Ronda has done an incredible job in embracing this role. And, um, you know, the, the biggest thing is this. I would love to see her fight mixed martial arts. But you can tell her heart's not in it. And if her heart isn't in it, then I don't want to see her fight. I don't want anybody to fight if their heart isn't in it. Of I mean, course. heck, there are sometimes people's hearts are in it that I wish they wouldn't fight. You know what I mean? Because the the sport has passed them by. And I don't think that the sport has passed Ronda by by any means. Um, But, you know, her uh, dedication level. It didn't even pass her by when she lost, TJ. No, absolutely not. I'm just saying, like, I I don't think that she, her heart isn't into it. You know what I mean? She didn't didn't pass it by. It's real simple. She decided to leave. And she went into a, a sport, an event, a form of entertainment that she loves. And right now, you're right. The timing, the fire's hot. The timing's hot. Ronda's hot. Um, Ronda's still relevant. She's got her movie Mile 22, which, by the way, did not get very good reviews, guys. I, I was reading a number of them. Very surprised for a Peter Berg film that didn't get reviewed as well. But I have to see it, and I'll come up with my own review, which I will. But I'm very happy for Ronda. She's she's setting milestones for herself. She's still earning, by my guesstimate, millions of dollars. Happy in marriage, happy in life. Good for you. Good for you, Ronna. Congratulations on your WWE championship. Gary, did you want to comment on this? Because I know you're really hot on it. Well, you know, it, it, yeah, obviously I was a, uh, I am a, a giant Ronda Rousey fan. And it, it's not just for uh, what, what she did in MMA. It's, it's really her as a, as a full package. You know, I like her comments. I like her views. Uh, I, I, I do like what she stands for. Uh, it's a very direct attitude. But, you know, regarding wrestling, let's say wrestling versus MMA, you know, there's no doubting the physicality of what wrestling brings to the table and uh, the damage that it does to its athletes. I, I, I think regarding I, I think it's, it's a new story for her. I think what happened with Ronda in UFC uh, is that Ronda actually got bored of what she was doing to win. I think she got bored of arm barring girls so easily. I think it wasn't enough of a challenge for her. And I think that she saw all the glory in striking. So, you know, why, why didn't she go out and just arm bar Holly Holm? Why didn't she go out and just try and arm bar uh, Amanda Nunes? She did not interested. She did try. She couldn't take him down. She couldn't take him down. She couldn't beat him, Gary. I'm a little, I'm a little uh, with you, but not with you on this. Ronda tried to strike. The narrative of her training after the Betch Cohea fight, really before the Betch Cohea fight, that was the fight. The narrative of her training changed. And I actually don't think that that's on Edmund. I think that's on Ronda. I think that was absolutely her decision. She saw the glory in striking, and that was the road that she was going to travel. I, I'm, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to well. disagree. I'm going to politely disagree with as, as what, TJ well, will. I put a lot of this. I put a lot of this on Edmund. And I put a lot of it on Rhonda. It is a shared thing because she's the one that's got to execute. Well, but but Edmund, when he sit there and TJ, just give me a second. Yeah. When, when you when Edmund goes public and tell me if I'm wrong on this, going stay making stay. And I, I I'm not I don't dislike Edmund. I know Edmund. I'm not saying anything bad about Edmund. I'm talking about the coach and the fighter. When Edmund says and says publicly that she's knocking out ex champions in the ring in training, and those ex champions come out and say they, she never knocked us out opposed to people that she sparred she was given an image in her head that she was invincible and striking especially after the betch cohea fight then she fought two true true strikers and 
basically but had she her, tried to had strike with them. No, she didn't. That's my point. No, she didn't try to strike with them. She didn't try to she strike did. with them. No, she, she didn't. Absolutely did. Do, do you if need she to... were in the room with us right Dude. now, I'm telling you, man, she'd be pointing to me. I got then, it right. Then why did why did Holly Holm completely uh, olay her, if you will, uh, when she tried to shoot a double leg? Rhonda said it right no. after Come the Cat Zingano fight. She said it right in the octagon. She said, "I want to go up against Holly Holm and test my level of striking against." Sure, but here's the what thing: what she brings she to the table. That, that was then, and this oh is God. that was then, and this is now. Go ahead, TJ. She still tried to get takedowns in the fight, yes. and also yeah, too after hey, damage. Hang on, that hang was on. after damage. Gary, hang on a second. All right, you you guys say, oh, she changed her narrative in training, and she should have you know not been striking so much. She should have only been drilling striking. Because still to this date, no one can take down fighters like with judo throws and takedowns. I mean that literally takedown, not take them out and, and destroy them. No one can take down people like Ronda Rousey can. If you look at a fighter like Johnny Hendricks, who was a two-time All-American standout wrestler, he didn't practice wrestling when he was on the rise to becoming the UFC's welterweight champion. All he did was drill how to strike and add striking to his game. That's what Ronda should have been doing. Largely, that's what she did. However, she did not go into any of those fights with Nunez or Holm going, all right, I'm going to try to strike. No, she went out there and fought a mixed martial arts fight, got tagged a little bit on the feet, and then tried to grab them desperately to throw them on their head and armbar them. And unfortunately, she wasn't able to do that for her. She was already knocked out by that point. She was already no she was knocked out from the first left hand she took from Holly. And she was knocked out from the second right hand she took from right. Amanda. So how can you no say she was there. trying to stand with them? Because if you look at her fights prior to that, every fight prior to the betch Kohea fight, everything was based on closing distance and getting their backs to the cage. Yeah, but none she of— She was no longer training like that or for that come the betch Kohea fight. Not After that, she was on a complete striking trajectory— I'm telling you, this girl got bored of defeating these girls via arm bars. She got bored of it. She was no longer challenged by it, and her entire narrative changed. Then let me ask you this. There's as still far more, as there's... Edmund goes, let me just answer this. As far as Edmund goes, he did his job. He's supposed to go out there and talk up his fighter that way. Are you That's supported? what he's supposed to I, do. I agree, but are you supposed to tell your fighter after a round where you did nothing striking that you're doing a great job and give her false and false uh, Listen, uh, confidence in her his, head between rounds? His, his, his commentary in between rounds with that Holly Holm fight is bonkers crazy. I can't defend it. I can't make sense yeah. of it. I, you know, that that is not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about that what this was was a consciously maybe even unconscious decision all on Ronda. I'm not arguing that point. I just think a lot of the emphasis came from Edmund and her crew giving false, you know, you come off Betch Coheo, who you obliterate, who's uh, talked about highly about, about her, her striking skills. Then you go in, you'd never fought anybody to the level of a Holly home, much less Amanda Nunes. And it's just, you're, 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 how do I say this? Uh, your mind has just been like controlled that you're this great striker and you begin to believe it. It's wow. like, and that's what, that's what I think was part of the problem here. I don't think that her own it, it, was it absolutely hundred percent could have been part of the problem. Yeah. But if you look at her fight, it, so to me, the best Ronda was, was her fight against Alexis Davis. Is it Davis or Davies? Davis. 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 Okay. That fight epitome is, is the, is the soul epitomizes the soul of Rhonda's style, which was, and she didn't even armbar that girl in that fight. That was get up against the cage, cause damage, get a throw, get an armbar. She got up against the cage, she caused damage, and she ended it with damage, okay? But there was no room. There was no room for striking. In both fights that she lost, there's room for striking in both fights, and she got tagged within the first five seconds of both fights. All right, with all this being said, can, can, I, I, can I say something? Because I've been sitting ahead. here fighting my go ahead. Go ahead. Then we're going to move on. Gary, if she got bored, per se, why didn't she uh, just go back to fighting the way she should have so she could make more money? Because she would have made more money fighting the UFC than moving on to professional wrestling. I would think that we would all know by now, with as much TV and as many interviews as Ronda Rousey has done, is that this girl is very stubborn. 
I That's think why. I, I got it. You know, the bottom line is, with all that being said, Ronda had her time that she could have continued in the UFC. She came up against two devastating losses that were hard for her to handle mentally with all that she had previous. What are you, what, somebody moving furniture? With all they had previous, okay? And then she made a decision to leave. Her motivation was probably dried out. She didn't know where to turn, coach-wise, otherwise. Who knows what was going on? And as timing would have it in life, which is always important in life, she was glided right into the area that she truly, truly loves. Not that she didn't love MMA. This is one happy camper doing everything she loves. And I don't think we'll ever, ever see her in a real fight again. And why should she? Making millions doing what she does now. You no, will. I disagree. If, she, if that girl does not pop out babies within the next two years, she's going to pull a Brock Lesnar and she's going to come in and fight a champ. It's going to happen. Not saying that's not possible. I don't know it's if gonna it's going to happen. And it's going to be big. TJ, your take on that. And then we're moving on. I don't care. Okay, there's a great take. I don't care. You, you don't think there's any possibility that she'd come back and fight TJ? Or forget the I don't care. What do you think about that subject? Sure. I mean, if she wants to fight, she can. She can fight. I don't think there's really anybody she can beat right now. Uh, I don't know if the UFC is going to be interested in giving her three million dollars for a contender fight that won't lead really to anything. Um, I mean, it'll be a big payday, but I, I don't know. It's it's. I don't care. All right. Well, I do care because I care about you know, everybody to a certain extent, but I understand what you mean by you don't care. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't think she cares about MMA right now. So until well, she that, does, yeah, that, that, I that, and I agree with that's that. That's the better way to put it. That's the better way to put it. I, 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 I mean, I absolutely agree with that. And I believe that that is why that narrative changed. This is an ESPN talking point. Will Ronda come back? Well, I don't know. It's speculation. Uh, I, I get, I don't care about really the question because only Ronda is the one that can control that. It's the same thing with Conor McGregor. Like, call me when, when Conor's ready. Now that he's ready, sure, let's talk all about the Habib fight. But call me when Ronda's ready because I don't care until then. All right. Well, this conversation will continue when Ronda's ready because I think we've drilled it into the ground. But with that I being think, said. I think by winning a title, it only gets her more ready. Winning a title where? At the, the WWE. WWE. Absolutely. Oh, please. How, cause, oh, yeah. Gary, Gary's Gary, a mark. Gary's what Gary, we call him Gary. for wrestling a mark. Gary, I love you. You're one of the most brilliant guys I know, but how can you compare a WWE championship to a championship in the UFC? No, 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 you're not you're no. not seeing it as in the no. context that I'm saying it. They put it in the context that I was about she's to spit up my been, Cheerios. She's now back on a massive stage. Right. She likes to spotlight. Oh yeah, yeah. She's hugely okay. relevant. This, she's hugely this, relevant right this now. This girl yeah. is on a massive stage. She's getting the break that I believe she's wanted from MMA. I don't think the year between Holly and Amanda was something she wanted. I think that was all turned turmoil. I believe that she is going to find herself in a very happy place very soon. And that's when it's going to start being talked about. That's when she will have conversations with Dana. It's going to happen. You have to look at the entire story and you have to go long term. I'm with you on this, the way you're explaining it right now, because a happy place creates people to have tremendous confidence in themselves. That's right. But I'll say one thing. Vince McMahon, as smart as he is, as well as Dana and crew, as smart as they are, the owners and everything else, Vince McMahon is never going to let a golden child like Ronda Rousey right now, with everything she has, have a break like Brock Lesnar. I don't think he's going to chance that one second. Bruce, this is where I can't agree with you. I I think that it's, it's every reason to let her do that in a year to two years. It's. This is in a year to two years, in a year to two years, in a year to two years. Yes. And he'll take a big chunk of her money if it happens. There's no question, because when you work in the WWE, as you do or do not know, the contracts they have, just like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, just like Hulk Hogan, all this, they own the image. They own the name. No, they own the brand. No, 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 Buff. They do not. No, no, stop, stop, stop for a second. Well, they don't. They don't own Ronda Rousey. She probably her contract. Yeah, I can answer this. I can answer this for you. They don't own the name if the name is either your real name or if it was an established name outside of the promotion. Um, So they don't own Ronda's, but in in the case of others, they did, and they do. I've seen their contracts. But this is not that case. Right. Uh, This is not that case. And and if Ronda was smart, whoever did her deal with the WWE would have had some sort of uh, language put in there about whether or not she can return to mixed martial arts and whether or not she needs approval (laughs) and whether or not that approval would require their money. 
Hey, she's got Brad Stater who handles the rock over at WME, and I'm sure he did her contract up beautifully. So on a bottom line, it's a win-win for all. I'm happy to see Ronda where she is. If she comes back and fights, I'll be more excited than you guys because I get to announce her. And we'll see what the future holds. Now we're moving on. Hang on, real quick. Last thing. Last thing in the pro wrestling front. uh, It should be stated. uh, Shayna Baszler, one of uh, Ronda's best friends in in mixed martial arts and as well as pro wrestling. One of the four horse women. She's destroying Mm -hmm. it in NXT. And uh, I hope one day Ronda and uh, Shayna get to work uh, either with one another or technically, I guess, against one another because... Uh, a match between those two uh, with their knowledge of grappling and, and what fighting actually looks like would be a masterpiece. Well, Shayna, Shayna Baszler is really w- one of the absolute front runners of women's MMA. I'm sure she's one of Ronda's big inspirations uh, before they even met when they were on the Ultimate Fighter together. Uh, I think Ronda actually coached uh, Shayna yeah, on, on yep. the Ultimate Fighter 18, correct? Yep. Correct. Yep, yep, that's right. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, Baszler's... Baszler's definitely, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Shayna Baszler. She, she's an amazing, amazing athlete. I am too. She has the personality to carry it off in the WWE as well as in, her, in mixed martial arts. So let's see how all this uh, progresses. By the time she got to the UFC stage, man, she was a little bit, I think, too battle-torn Yeah, no, at that 100%. point. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so now, next, we're moving on. Uh, again, socialunderground.com. There's these stories you guys have, Gary, that I really, really like. Kroger is now going to use robot cars for grocery deliveries in Arizona, in Scottsdale, right. Arizona. They debuted the service. To start out, only one store is involved in the experiment. The delivery fee is $5.95. They're using uh, what they call a neuro fleet of self-driving Toyota Priuses and Nissan Leaf vehicles. And here's the catch-all. Obviously, they want to be careful. I'm still a little tepid about driverless vehicles. I worry about accidents. Like, I worry about these these birds I see everywhere, you know, these new scooters. That's a whole other subject. But... Each car will have a safety driver behind the wheel, which, if I'm understanding this correctly, it's not really driverless. There'll be somebody in the car in case they're needed to take over. Is that how you interpret that? Yes. Okay. But it's a start. It's a, the- it's a safety measure, and it's, it's also uh, – there's the, no law has been passed yet uh, to where uh, the, the public or, I believe, also for commercial purposes, autonomous vehicles without it having some kind of a testing license – uh-huh. are allowed to be on the road without a driver. So that the law doesn't exist yet. I'm sure it's it's happening, but right now the, the, there's just there's no way they'd be able to do it without a driver in the car. Do you guys well, worry speaking... about artificial intelligence like you know the whole 1984 Terminator and, and everything, you know? Cuz it, it's it's getting kind of crazy. I watched a computer online the other day program another computer. And granted it was like basic code, but you know, it I watched it, it. I worry about it for a few reasons. Um, I'm fascinated by it. I think it's incredible. I think it's great. But it's going to take away from the human workforce. It's going to cause less jobs for humans, which obviously is a, is a money saving for the company owners and everything else. Um, you never know where this automation could lead as far as mistakes, whether it's cars crashing or you know whatever happens on the assembly line. That remains to be seen. I'm sure it'll all be perfected as in the movies of the future that we see. But at the same time, just like past movies become real, such as the Buck Rogers movies to the you know landing on the moon to all these kind of movies, then we see movies about robots that rebel. You right. know, and, I, and I'm kind of like thinking along those ways. It's like I think the only thing possible out of all the horror movies is I do believe that zombies are possible given the wrong situation. And then when it comes to automation, you know, going against its grade or doing things wrong, I can see all this happening because for some reason the minds of creative movie makers are actually writing about the future. And it's been right. proven many, many, many times. Well, so just, just look at something like Star Trek The Next Generation and look how far – I mean, granted, we're not running around, you know, the space on the the Enterprise or anything, but the next generation to me um, is a, a precursor to really what started not long after that. Like we have video conferences, we have Skype, um, you know, we have holograms more now uh, than ever. I, you know, just wake me up when we uh, get the uh, the food replicator. That's what I want. I, I want to be able to say hot fudge Sunday and have that right in front of me, but. Uh, like just think about like the, the Star Trek and like how their computers worked. Everything was a touch screen. Like if you give me a phone now, a cell phone with buttons, I don't know what to do. It's it's sort of crazy. I used to watch a TV show called The Man from Uncle when I was a kid, and they would take a little pen out of their pocket and flick it. It would open up, and it was their walkie-talkie to the headquarters and to each other. I used to walk around with a little pen imitating that I was talking like a walkie-talkie. Well, that became true. I used to watch. 
the movies where the guy gets smart. He would talk to somebody on his watch or whatever, or whatever the TV show was. That's happened. All this stuff is taking place. I really believe it's going to come true as we, well, as we if, see. If, if, if something happens as far as, let's say, AI uh, determining that uh, humans are, or anything like, or, like, like organic, uh, are the cause of a problem and thus making a decision to eliminate that problem. I, I, I think that when it comes to that, a, a, AI is going to be responsible for what we let it be responsible for. So it, it really has to do with what we're going to let AI take over. If AI is going to take over the command of a shuttle, if AI is going to take over the driving of our cars, that's one thing. But if AI is going to take over population control or uh, government right. uh, or laws, that's a whole different thing. And then that, then it becomes a matter of, you know, what is the evolution of AI? How is it going to evolve itself? And how is it going to view humans uh, as, you know, as a contributor or part of uh, the world's or global problems that exist so what, today? So what it all comes down to is, is who is at the top of that mountain, the top of that pyramid, who has the ability to press that button to program that robot to do what they do all the way well, down. And you know what the decision factor is? The one factor to really sort of figure out whether or not we allow AI to do what comes down to one thing, and that's something that has largely driven the world throughout its existence, and that's money, and that's financial profitability. And to me, like, if you want to talk about artificial intelligence destroying something, it's already destroyed an industry altogether. That's radio. Radio's dead. Automation dead. has completely destroyed FM radio. Uh, most yeah. radio stations throughout this country have maybe a, a morning show that's live, but a lot of morning shows are syndicated. And beyond that, maybe one other disc jockey throughout the entire day that actually does a real live show. Uh, everything else is, is automated. Yes, uh, a human being comes in and talks and records their breaks for the voice tracking, but uh, for the most part, uh, if there was a natural disaster or something completely insane that happened in a city, it would take radio a long time before they could actually start reporting on it because the the day is already programmed by the time it rolls around at nine o'clock in the morning. We live it, in an ever. It, Go ahead, Gary. Well, I was just going to say it, it really depends just on what you're going to let AI do. You know, I worked for a great ad tech uh, company called Instacator and. You know, one of one of the new products we have coming out with our Instacator 2.0 is we're going to be uh, adding, and you'll see this on like BJPen.com, a uh, couple of uh, MMA websites. I think you'll also maybe see it on SureDog as well. Uh, I'm not sure if they're adopting it, but we're doing these in-content trivia quizzes or poll questions. And instead of editors or the publishers needing to set up those questions, you know, set up trivia based on uh, the content that that user is reading, we're using AI. And AI is going to automatically pull a poll and or quiz five questions for the user to engage with when they are either completed with that article or while they're going through that article. So it's, you know, it's, it's going to be narrative dependent. It's going to be uh, 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 the context uh, dependent of an article, but we are going to be letting AI choose that engagement for the user for us. This is all really fascinating, but it's all really scary to me. And we'll see how it all comes out because the powers that be are the ones that are in control. And I'm going to say two last words for the future. Soylent green. You guys all know what that means, right? We're going to lead us into our next article. Now, if you ever watched the movie Soil the Green with Charlton Heston, it's where people were disappearing, whatever, and they were eating yeah. these man-made foods, little cubes, but what they were actually eating was people that were put in to be reprocessed as food because the world could not sustain the amount of food that we need to feed the world due to the world's population. Well, we're right so, there already. Right you there. You can also see that. I mean, that's also, you know, the the first Matrix movie. Uh you know, everything's based on yeah. uh, uh, we're being used as batteries because the computers have taken over the world. And, you know, as uh, as people die, they're liquefied and then fed intravenously to newborns. That's not how Wonderful. it works already. I thought that's how it was already. Here's how it is uh, right now. Joke, guys. If, God, it, it, it could here's be another, in our simulation. Here's another change for the future, guys. All right. Constellation Brands is the one that makes Corona beer. 
All right. They are one of the companies that think the marijuana industry is a pretty good bet because last year they invested now in my favorite beer company. Well, they, they invested. This is your under, social underground story that broke this news along with CNN. But um, cannabis company, Canopy Growth, they bought a 10 percent stake of the company. Now they decided they want a bigger piece of the pie. So they've invested four billion in Canopy Growth, which now they're 38 percent owners of that company. But here's the reason why they're going to be making beer infused with THC. Right. right. They're late to the THC beer. Yeah. It's uh, very interesting. One thing I know about edibles is that it's really got to be monitored and regulated properly because one of the big problems that people complain about in edibles is they take a cookie and it's way too much stronger than they thought. So obviously this got to be measured just like the alcohol content is measured in beer. My question is, is it beer with alcohol and THC or is it beer just with THC? I would have to assume it's THC by itself, just a cannabis infused drink. So we'll see where this I is going. I think that's a really great question. I, I, I actually don't know. I'm, I'm, I was assuming it would be beer infused with THC. But, you know, a lot of people do kind of miss the mark on the whole uh, cannabis rise and what's so popular uh, about cannabis. And what a lot of people don't actually realize is that a lot of athletes are replacing medications with not just like smoking weed or smoking marijuana. Uh, CBDs. CBDs. They're doing CBDs. That's right. That is has been an absolute game changer for the sports industry. And that's one of the main things that uh, has given rise to me, uh, the numbers. Let me give you another thing that's given rise. OK, we've had Tommy Chong on our show, a big uh, a big supporter forever of marijuana where it's come. Oh, really? We've I had... didn't think he had an opinion on weed. I thought he was pretty <laughs> neutral on it. Uh, well, when he's not puffing, he's got an opinion. You know, right, you got yeah, Willie Nelson, yeah. you got him, you've got uh, some other people. I'm bringing up these names. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. I'm bringing up these names for a reason. All right. Celebrities, whether it's Snoop Dogg, whatever, are jumping on the bandwagon of getting involved in the marijuana industry. However, they get involved back in the back or in front. I was offered a chance last year from a company in Nevada that wanted to make the Bruce Buffer It's Time strain of weed to be sold in the legalized stores in Nevada. I didn't think it was appropriate for my image at the time, and I turned the deal down, although it could have been a moneymaker. I'm not saying I would never do something like that in the future as this industry grows, but this is an example of what I'm about to inform you of and what some people have done. Tommy Chong loaned his name, and of course he's way more known in the industry for his love marijuana than I am, but he loaned his name to Chong's Choice, because you see these different brands. I've seen Charlie Sheen has a brand and stuff. So Chong's Choice Bob is a- Bob Marley's Mar- coming out with a line. I'm about to go into him. Yeah. about to go into him a second. Chong started in six states, Arizona, where it's legal, California, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, about all legal, right? Sales totaled $8 billion last what? year. What, $8 billion? Uh-huh. Oh my God. Hold on, hold on a second. Let me get, make sure I have this correct. Celebrities with this brand edition like Chong are playing center. Of, oh, no, no, no. Sales in the industry, oh. excuse me, totaled oh $8 okay. billion. They believe that by 2000, uh, 2020, it's going to go to $23 billion. I believe a that. Canada, I believe it. Canada's expected to legalize marijuana this summer. Now, yep. Steve Bloom, who's a former editor of High Times, which Joe Rogan himself and Eddie Bravo have been on the cover of, he runs a website, a website called Celeb Stoner. So recreational marijuana is now legal in nine states, okay? Chong licenses his name. Names have also included Willie Nelson is licensed his name to Willie's Reserve, Snoop Dogg to Calvin Snoop Dogg Broadus. There's also Leafs by Snoop. Bob Marley. Now, we've had a son on the show, TJ. Yep. We talked extensively with him. Okay, he has a, Bob Marley, 11 children. He's one of those prominent players in the marijuana industry. Their company is called Marley Natural, which includes marijuana-based body care products and pipes also. They have... Marley Natural is backed by a Seattle company, which is a private company, who has raised $200 million to finance the Marley's expansion just into Canada. This is huge business, huge business. Gene Simmons invested $10 million in a Canadian cannabis growing company called Invictus, right? And he claims he's never smoked pot, but he's invested in it, and he's a very smart guy. I have to tell him about that because it's a, a growth industry. Mike Tyson has his own cannabis farm now in Nevada, right? Right. Never. He's not somebody you really associate cannabis with, but listen, it's legal. It's a growth industry. We promote it on It's Time Radio. It should be legalized everywhere and taxed appropriately yep. and marketed appropriately not to be faced and put in the hands of children, but marketed correctly. You know how big I am yep. on that. Hey, let me, let me jump in here real quick and say I've never smoked marijuana in my entire life, and I have no urge to. However, I've been incredibly 
a huge supporter of marijuana, especially when it comes to um, medicinal purposes and and being used for uh, pain management. I mean, we have a a huge problem with opiates in this country, and people that are just on medication find themselves essentially to be addicts, and they don't choose to be that way. It's just if you're on you know, pain medication for a long period of time, when you try to get off of it, it's incredibly hard, especially because you're still probably dealing with that uh, initial source of pain that you're trying to combat. And if you're able to get similar effects from something that is natural, uh, like marijuana, uh, especially like you guys mentioned with CBD oils that have no psychoactive properties, there's no THC in it. uh, How can you argue against that? That, I mean, if you're arguing against CBD oil, either you're horribly uh, misinformed or you make a lot of money in pharmaceuticals. Or you're basically uneducated on the subject. And CBDs, I totally uh, support. One of our favorite fighters and personalities in the world of mixed martial arts and fighting is Boss Rutan. Boss Rutan, if you follow him on Instagram, daily, weekly, or weekly, shall I say, promotes his love of CBD and what it's done for him and his body. I know that uh, in a case of even uh, Kristen's mother, who had, I talked about this before, uh, uh, had a situation where it helped her. I know another family member um, of another friend of mine that suffered from MS, couldn't even walk, got on CBDs yeah. and suddenly is able to walk. I'm not saying they put the hand on the forehead and said you're healed, No, but these, this is proof that's well, happening. And also now they're finding out, you know, certain drugs, like there's another natural drug called mushrooms, right? Which is uh, psychedelic in itself. They're doing studies now as natural as it is, that is having great effects on people that suffer from serious bipolar depression. Right. So I think you're going to look at a lot of areas away from the drug industry, which are considered drugs, but they're natural. Right. Well, and they're, they're, they're going to somehow get these done. They're psychoactive drugs, which allow the brain to operate in a manner that, you know, for whatever reason, normal medications and, you know, synthesized products that uh, are created in labs uh, are not able to get human brains to fire. And I, I've heard all sorts of wonderful things being done with psychoactive uh, drugs uh, for people with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, and, and they just get the brain to function in a manner that uh, yeah. it can't because it's it's been compromised due to these horrible um, illnesses. And, yeah, like, again, if you – the one that blows me away are uh, the, the CBD and uh, THC that has been introduced to um, patients with epilepsy. And yeah. so, some people have – uh, seizures in upwards of a uh, hundred mini seizures a day, hundred, day. and and day, they, yeah. they take CBD oil and it, it's cut in half or even greater than that. And I'm sorry, like whatever you believe to be good or bad about marijuana, how can you say that someone who can have seizures cut in half this a day, uh, you know, fifty less seizures in a day, how can you be anti that medication? And that's truly I, what it is, medication. I, I agree. And on a final note, they're going to go into a rocket fire and a few stories to end the show. But I hate pain pills. I'm scared of getting addicted to them. If I was forced to take them, I refuse to take them. When I had my ACL replaced, I took one the next day and I refuse to take any more. I dealt with the pain as best I could. Um, I hate pain pills. The side effects are horrible. And that's one of the big issues here. And that's why people are getting addicted to opiates because they are opiates themselves. So with yeah. that being said, let me go into a couple stories here. Uh, One last story on socialunderground.com. Again, people, check out socialunderground.com. It's a fascinating site. Uh, Gillette has come out. You know, this whole rage about beards on men is having a direct effect on her, and it's hurting razor and blade sales all throughout the country, right? Gillette alone has dipped from 3.7 to 3.2. The average number, excuse me, the average number of weekly shaves has fallen from 3.7 to 3.2. That might not sound like a lot, but in 2018 alone, the sale of blade and manual razors uh, sales declined by 5.1%. That might not sound like a lot, but believe me, as a CEO of a company like Gillette, that is huge. Sure. It could actually dip into your profit level to make you non-profitable for the year. Hey. Many major corporations work on a on a 6-7% net profit. So if your sales drop by 5.1%, oh. believe me, seats are shaking in the right. upper offices. Have you guys ever seen the uh, Netflix series Stranger Things? Absolutely. Um, one of the characters in Stranger Things has an obsession with Ego waffles. And Ego saw a huge rise in their frozen waffles um, with the uh, development of, of Stranger Things. And they notice a significant That's awesome. they notice a significant dip when uh, the season has been released um, you know many weeks ago when they get you know 25 
weeks be- between um, the release of the season and, and you know, there's nothing right. coming up that uh, Ego sales have, have gone down dramatically. So uh, it's sort of interesting. You know, this is a little bit different, obviously, with, you know, fashion in a, a fashion sense. But uh, it, it's it's interesting what pop culture will do to sales of things like razors and frozen waffles. Speaking yeah, that, of prop- that, that, you know, that gives an opportunity to give a really good plug for uh, a great book to your listeners, uh, Bruce and TJ. Uh, if anyone wants to understand some of the like uh, psychoanalysis behind that kind of stuff, read a book called The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, you can thank me later. Sounds good. I, that's, thanks, thanks, Gary. I appreciate that. Okay, with that being said, what well, you guys just went out about that, let's talk about animal crackers. All right, animal crackers after 116 years, one of my favorite cookies as a kid, even today, even though they're not the most, uh, the best nutrition, obviously, but I love them. Okay, it's a cookie. so with the, they're not supposed it, to be. It, it, yeah, cookie, I know, exactly. I know, but you know me, you know how I eat. So anyway, it took 116 years, but with the whole rage of you know, like Ringling Brothers shut down in May 2017 after 146 years in business, right? Right. And that was from mounting pressure from animal welfare groups, operation costs, legal battles, declining ticket sales, all that kind of stuff. So now, as for Barnum's animals, on the animal crackers, they've always been pictured in cages, okay? Now they changed the packaging completely of animal crackers where the, the, the Barnum and Bailey or the Barnum animals, as they say, right? They're no longer in pens. They're walking free. You've got the zebra, the elephant, the lion, the giraffe, and the gorilla roaming free amongst grass and trees. So they're going through a little uh, change. Come on. Themselves. That seems a little extreme to yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm, 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 a little dumb. I'm, I'm definitely It's what's the, done. Yeah, you I mean, can't go back and no. change, like, old school kids books. They did it. That are, they did it. You know, well, they did it. I mean, if you want to do it, that's fine. But don't – I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily do it because you feel pressure. Uh, and, and I know that we're at an all-time high of sensitive people, and I'm a very sensitive person, and I classify myself as someone who's probably over-politically uh, correct. Um, it's the nature of my job. But with that said, like, that's—come on now. Like, I, I would almost be offended that they changed the packaging because it reminds me of childhood, and you're now taking away my nostalgia. How dare you? Put them back oh, in cages. Nice. And gonna- ultimately, I think the circus uh, died out uh, with the— uh, creation of viral videos. And I think that if they would have just, you know, recorded some of their backstage crazy stuff that happens or whatever, I think uh, Ringling Brothers would would still be in business today. I think they didn't change with the times. They didn't modernize themselves. They didn't yeah. modernize, modernize their brand. There's something and they to lost that. out to viral entertainment. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that. Um, the, the big thing about the circus that it gets a lot of uh, publicity is the way they treated elephants, and and that's a, that's a big deal. Um, we're le- we're learning more and more about how uh, intelligent pachyderms are. Um, but with that said, uh, there's if there's a will, there's a way, and there's a way that they could have modernized and, and made their. I mean, because I still love the circus. I went two three years ago with Oliver, and we had a blast. But uh, you're right, Gary. There's a lot of stuff there. There's that disconnect where it does feel like an old product, even watching it. Yeah, uh, you they, know what? They, I'm I'm a first opportunity. Yep, I agree. I'm a Cirque du Soleil guy these days. I just, knowing what happens in the back as much well, as I Well, Cirque love... du Soleil is a great example because yeah. that is modernized. Yep. It, it's it's a different brand, but it's a, it's a moder- it's modernized the category. Right, and, exactly. and you made the, the performers humans. And, um, you know, I love animals. Don't get me wrong, but I guess, honestly, I'd rather go see animals in the zoo than doing stupid tricks. I love seeing human beings do tricks and flying through the air and doing these things that— seem you know inhuman in a lot of ways like that's great you don't need Ronda Rousey WWE Uh, well the last time I was at the circus an elephant took a dump right in front of me perfect it was was one of the greatest things I've ever seen that was his opinion of you Gary Gary, he he was actually making a statement by seeing you and then I'm sure he was and he actually wouldn't be the first so you know what I got told when I went to my first business that the apes were going to throw their doo-doo at me and I go yeah really and I stood there and waited and you know what the damn ape threw his doo-doo at me that was like my first visit another statement buff another statement saw you and he thought he'd throw things at you Um, there you go there you go. All right, so listen, guys. Scarlett Johansson has been named the world's highest-paid actress. Who? By Forbes. Scarlett Johansson. Yo. Don't tell, don't tell me you don't know who Scarlett Johansson is. I know is. who Scarlett Johansson is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who, who Johansson, Johansson is. is. Well, tomato, tomato, but quite frankly, while I'm talking about this, it's Scarlett Johansson. There you go. I, I'm Thank sure you. there is, like, a country <laughs> in the world where it's where the J is silent. Sure. I'm, sure. I'm sure it's somewhere. Uh, Bruce, is, yeah. Bruce is talking and, to that niche audience. And, and, well, I, he's, a, he's a cultured man. 
I have yes. a culture bad. Here we go. Ready? She topped it at forty point five million. Uh, Angelina Jolie twenty eight million. Jennifer Aniston nineteen point five million, mostly due to her smart water work. Jennifer Lawrence eighteen million. Reese Witherspoon still up there sixteen point five million. Um, the rounding out the ten: Mila Kunis, Julia Roberts, Kate Blanchett, Melissa McCarthy, and Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman. Uh, Emma Stone she earned twenty six million last year, but she Love went her. out of the top ten. Oh, she's she's great. She is really great. So now Forbes two thousand seventeen list. Uh, showed a much wider gender gap, but the men actors, again, hauling in nearly three times what the top ten women earned, which list was topped by Mark, War- Mark Wahlberg, earning $68 million. Good for Mark. Now, Gary, you're married to a crazy rich agent, and there's the movie out, Crazy Rich Agent. Have you seen the movie? Because I haven't the- seen the movie. We, we we tried to get to it this past weekend, but we couldn't do it. But it's 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 on our list. We're going to go see it this week. Kristen saw it this weekend. She thoroughly enjoyed it. She read the book. Of course, as usual, the book doesn't come out everything like you don't see in the film, but of course you read in the book. But people love the movie. It made $34 million over its first five-day opening, which was not expected beyond anybody's belief. Big hit. Good for them. Happy to see it. Okay, guys, it's time to sign off. We had a couple other stories, but they're negatives, and I'm not going to end the show on a negative this week. I'll see, save them for next week. We, we do it for 10 years, and you finally figure it out, Puff. Always end on a high note. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. You remind me of that every week, so it will continue. And I Speaking promise. of that, I will break out my CBD. There you go. Break out your CBD. Feel good for the rest of the day. Gary Randall, let us know what's happening. What, you, what do you want the audience to hear before we say goodbye? You know, if, if anything, just when you read on the Internet, when you read some of these stories, the Social Underground, I handpick the stories. Uh, I try and give you something that maybe you're, it's not on the wire. It's not going to just show up in your social. It's maybe a little bit different. So when you go to the website, look for some weird stuff. Search for some weird stuff in the uh, in the search box. Search for male birth control. You'll get some pretty funny results uh, if you check that out. So, you know, other than that, one of the best things you could do, especially with the holidays coming up, is go over to BruceBuffer.com and do one of those custom championship intros. Bruce, that one, I we had Bruce do one for a guy that was uh, a birthday party at work. We did it. We we all pulled it up on our mobiles and showed it to the guy at the same time. It was absolutely epic. So uh, think outside the box with everything you do. Yeah, my uh, my son, you did one for for him, and he uh, promptly notified his class on the first day of school that he was the champion of the world, and he knew this because <laughs> Bruce Buffer told him so. Oh, so, that's so cute. Oh, yeah. that's just, that that warms my heart, man. That's awesome. That's legit. I love that. Yeah, I love, that. Great. love that. Again, TJU. Thank you, Gary. Uh, yeah, no. Um, let's see here. Next week, I've got Invicta Fighting Championships coming up, so hopefully everyone can check that out. It is live on UFC Fight Pass. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, butter Gary spread a little bit more. Social Underground is a, a destination that I constantly frequent online. Uh, maybe getting a little bit too personal here, but if I need to sit down to go to the bathroom, I need some good reading. I know that I can find some <laughs> things that I haven't always seen on the CNNs of the world on Social Underground. So that's a uh, Normally when I check it out, and uh, I'm, I'm always entertained, Gary. Great job over there. Thanks, man. Very cool. And for me, everybody follow me on Instagram, at Bruce Buffer UFC, Twitter, at Bruce Buffer. Keep those uh, recording requests, video and audio, coming into BruceBuffer.com. We are doing a ton of them and getting them out on time for all your special occasions. Also, this week, at the end of this week, when the show is aired, the Bruce Buffer bobblehead will be formally released. I'm signing them live on social media on Saturday. I'm signing 150 of the uh, figures with my personal signature, and I'm really excited about this. There's commercials being released this week, so check out The Bobblehead along with Danny Henderson and Chuck Liddell's at MMABobblehead.com. With that being said, treat everybody around you with respect. Of course, one second. TJ, thank you. Gary, thank you. Always great doing the show with you guys. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. Everybody, treat everybody around you with respect. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Basically, pick your path, set your goals, write them down, learn about them. When you step on that path, the object of life and to win is to be the best you can be. Nobody can ask more or less of you for that. So be the best you can be. Go out, make it happen. I wish you all the best. I'll talk to you in a week. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. 
this is Jill from the Container Store. Oh. Is there something wrong? I just thought a virtual designer would be a cool robot. I could do a robot voice if that helps. Maybe? Hi, I am Jill. Let's design. Nope, absolutely not. Regular voice, thank you. Yeah, I'm not good at impressions. Enjoy free virtual in-home closet design and up to 25% off closet systems with the Container Store's custom closet sale. The Container Store, where space comes from. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.